Chapter Eleven of Zastrozzi, a Romance. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Zastrozzi, a Romance by Percy Bysshe Shelley. Chapter Eleven. At last the day arrived when Matilda expected Ferdinand's return. Punctual to his time, Ferdinand returned, and told Matilda that Sastrozzi had for the present taken up his abode at a cottage not far from thence, and that he there awaited her arrival. Matilda was much surprised that Sastrozzi preferred a cottage to her castella, but dismissing that from her mind, hastily prepared to attend him. She soon arrived at the cottage. Zastrozzi met her. He quickened his pace towards her. "'Well, Zastrozzi!' exclaimed Matilda, inquiringly. "'Oh!' said Zastrozzi, "'our schemes have all as yet been unsuccessful. Julia yet lives, and surrounded by wealth and power, yet defies our vengeance. I was planning her destruction, when, obedient to your commands, I came here." "'Alas!' exclaimed Matilda, "'I fear it must be ever thus. But, Zastrozzi, much I need your advice, your assistance long have i languished in hopeless love often have i expected and as often have my eager expectations been blighted by disappointment a deep sigh of impatience burst from matilda's bosom as unable to utter more she ceased tis but the image of that accursed julia replied Zastrozzi, revelling in his breast, which prevents him from becoming instantly yours. Could you but efface that?" "'I wish I could efface it,' said Matilda. "'The friendship which now exists between us would quickly ripen into love, and I should be for ever happy. How, Zastrozzi, can that be done?' but before we think of happiness we must have a care to our safety we must destroy julia who yet endeavours by every means to know the event of verezzi's destiny but surrounded by wealth and power as she is how can that be done no bravo in naples dare attempt her life no rewards however great could tempt the most abandoned of men to brave instant destruction in destroying her and should we attempt it the most horrible tortures of the inquisition a disgraceful death and that without the completion of our desire would be the consequence think not so matilda answered Zastrozzi. Think not, because Julia possesses wealth, that she is less assailable by the dagger of one 
eager for revenge as i am or that because she lives in splendour at naples that a poisoned chalice prepared by your hand the hand of a disappointed rival could not send her writhing and convulsed to the grave no no she can die nor shall we writhe on the rack oh interrupted matilda i care not if writhing in the prisons of the inquisition i suffer the most excruciating torment i care not if exposed to public view i suffer the most ignominious and disgraceful of deaths if before i die if before this spirit seeks another world i gain my purposed design i enjoy unutterable and as yet inconceivable happiness the evening meanwhile came on and warned by the lateness of the hour to separate matilda and sastrozzi parted sastrozzi pursued his way to the cottage and matilda deeply musing retraced her steps to the castella the wind was fresh and rather tempestuous light fleeting clouds were driven rapidly across the dark blue sky the moon in silver majesty hung high in eastern ether and rendered transparent as a celestial spirit the shadowy clouds which at intervals crossed her orbit and by degrees vanished like a vision in the obscurity of distant air on this scene gazed matilda a train of confused thought took possession of her soul her crimes her past life rose in array to her terror-struck imagination still burning love unrepressed unconquerable passion revelled through every vein her senses rendered delirious by guilty desire were whirled around in an inexpressible ecstasy of anticipated delight delight not unmixed by confused apprehensions she stood thus with her arms folded as if contemplating the spangled concavity of heaven it was late later than the usual hour of return and verezzi had gone out to meet matilda what deep in thought matilda exclaimed verezzi playfully matilda's cheek as he thus spoke was tinged with a momentary blush it however quickly passed away and she replied i was enjoying the serenity of the evening the beauty of the setting sun and then the congenial twilight induced me to wander farther than usual the unsuspicious verezzi observed nothing peculiar in the manner of matilda but observing that the night air was chill conducted her back to the castella 
no art was left untried no blandishment omitted on the part of matilda to secure her victim everything which he liked she affected to admire every sentiment uttered by verezzi was always anticipated by the observing matilda but long was all in vain long was every effort to obtain his love useless often when she touched the harp and drew sounds of enchanting melody from its strings whilst her almost celestial form bent over it did verezzi gaze enraptured and forgetful of everything else yielding himself to a tumultuous oblivion of pleasure listened entranced but all her art could not draw julia from his memory he was much softened towards matilda he felt esteem tenderest esteem but he yet loved not thus passed the time often would desperation and an idea that verezzi would never love her agitate matilda with most violent agony the beauties of nature which surrounded the castella had no longer power to interest borne away on swelling thought often in the solitude of her own apartment her spirit was wafted on the wings of anticipating fancy sometimes imagination portrayed the most horrible images for futurity verezzi's hate perhaps his total dereliction of her his union with julia pressed upon her brain and almost drove her to distraction for verezzi alone filled every thought nourished by restless reveries the most horrible anticipations blasted the blooming matilda sometimes however a gleam of sense shot across her soul deceived by visions of unreal bliss she acquired new courage and fresh anticipations of delight from a beam which soon withdrew its ray for usually sunk in gloom her dejected eyes were fixed on the ground though sometimes an ardent expression kindled by the anticipation of gratified desire flashed from their fiery orbits often while thus agitated by contending emotions her soul was shook and unconscious of its intentions knew not the most preferable plan to pursue would she seek sastrozzi on him unconscious why she relied much his words were those of calm reflection and experience and his sophistry whilst it convinced her that a superior being exists not who can control our actions brought peace to her mind 
peace to be succeeded by horrible and resistless conviction of the falsehood of her coadjutor's arguments still however they calmed her and by addressing her reason and passions at the same time deprived her of the power of being benefited by either the health of verezzi meanwhile slowly mended his mind however shook by so violent a trial as it had undergone recovered not its vigour but mellowed by time his grief violent and irresistible as it had been at first now became a fixed melancholy which spread itself over his features was apparent in every action and by resistance inflamed matilda's passion to tenfold fury the touching tenderness of verezzi's voice the dejected softened expression of his eye touched her soul with tumultuous yet milder emotions in his presence she felt calmed and those passions which in solitude were almost too fierce for endurance when with him were softened into a tender though confused delight it was one evening when no previous appointment existed between matilda and sastrozzi that overcome by disappointed passion matilda sought the forest the sky was unusually obscured the sun had sunk beneath the western mountain and its departing ray tinged the heavy clouds with a red glare the rising blast sighed through the towering pines which rose loftily above matilda's head the distant thunder hoarse as the murmurs of the grove in indistinct echoes mingled with the hollow breeze the scintillating lightning flashed incessantly across her path as matilda heeding not the storm advanced along the trackless forest the crashing thunder now rattled madly above the lightnings flashed a larger curve and at intervals through the surrounding gloom showed a scathed larch which blasted by frequent storms reared its bare head on a height above matilda sat upon a fragment of jutting granite and contemplated the storm which raged around her the portentous calm which at intervals occurred amid the reverberating thunder portentous of a more violent tempest resembled the serenity which spread itself over matilda's mind a serenity only to be succeeded by a fiercer paroxysm of passion End of chapter 11 Recording by Martin Giessen in Hazelmere, Surrey